Hey guys, uh, Christian here, and I am announcing that the special edition of the Once in Future Nerd Book One uh, is now available for sale uh, through Audiobooks on Tape. Uh, if you're not uh, familiar with Audiobooks on Tape, uh, it's a it's a cool company, and what they do is uh, they make uh, these little USB flash drives um, in the shape of uh, of an old cassette tape, uh, which means it comes with all the uh, cassette artwork and, and everything like that. Um, and so we are, as I said, selling uh, our special edition of book one uh, through audiobooks on tape. Uh, and what is the special edition, you might ask? Uh, well, so you will get uh, the full chapter files uh, of every chapter uh, in the book, uh, which was previously only available to our Patreon subscribers. That means it's, you know, the whole batch of episodes for each chapter uh, strung together without any breaks and uh, credits only once. Um, it also includes uh, three bonus interviews. Um, it includes some brand new artwork uh, from John Flanagan, who has designed uh, all of our artwork so far. Uh, it's available in two designs. There's a classic design, which has the original character illustration that you're used to from our podcast logo, as well as uh, that new map that we announced uh, a little while back, designed by D.N. Frost. And there's a version that has brand new artwork um, from John Flanagan, uh, including some character designs um, that you haven't seen before. Uh, and when you buy the tape, you will also get on that USB drive, um, you'll get high-res illustrations of the map and all of those designs that, that John did uh, at Ultra HD 4K resolution. Um, and in addition, by buying the tape, you're also supporting the show. So the you know the money will go towards um, web hosting and recording studio time and paying our talented cast and crew and and all the good things that we're uh, always uh, grubbing for money for. Um, so it is for a, a good cause if you love the show. And also you know if you've got somebody, a friend or someone in your life who you really think would would love the show but just uh, doesn't understand podcasts for whatever reason. Uh, this is just a, a physical thing that you can hand them. Uh, it'll plug into to any computer with a USB port, and they can just listen to the files um, as though it were an audiobook. So um, we're excited to make this announcement, and uh, we hope you guys are too. We think it's it's a really cool thing, and it's a great way to just you know share the show and and for you guys to to support it and to have something to hold in your hands um, for your support. Um, and kind of in in honor of uh, releasing uh, this special edition, uh, we sat down on uh, June 26th um, with Ian Harkins um, to have a conversation, uh, kind of a, a little bit of a, a brief retrospective uh, on book one. Uh, I think is a really, really interesting conversation. I hope you guys will enjoy it too. Um, and I'm going to present that for you in uh, just a minute. Uh, but if you are interested in buying the tape, uh, go to audiobooksontape.com and just search for Once in Future Nerd. You should find it pretty easily, but I will uh, include a link in the show notes. And now, uh, without any uh, further delay, here's my conversation from June 26th uh, with Ian Harkins about book one of The Once in Future Nerd. Enjoy! 
All right, so I'm here uh, with Ian Harkins, who plays uh, our narrator, plays several other characters, um, and we're sitting down um, to kind of talk about just looking back on uh, on book one of the Once and Future Nerd. Um, the The genesis of this uh, of this conversation uh, is that. Um, you know, we're we're several months out now from uh, from the last episode of, of book one having been released, and uh, Ian was texting Zach and I just he had been um, kind of binging the whole series, and he was texting us about his his reaction to you know listening rather than rather than you know being in it, and we thought it was a really interesting perspective to have, so we wanted to to chat about it a bit. Um, but uh, before we get into that, um, Ian, how the hell are you? I'm all right. Um, apologies to the world and everything for uh, for what my country has decided to go and do. Um, I did not vote leave, uh, so don't send your hate mail my way. <laughs> did you vote? Were you allowed? You allowed I was. Uh, I was allowed to. Uh, I was given an absentee ballot. It's you're allowed 15 years, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I know Neil Gaiman was saying he could not vote. Right, uh, you need to live a, a year there, and I, yeah, yeah, in the last fifteen. So yeah, yeah. Um, but uh, well, we're trying not to be too haughty about it because <laughs> we could also absolutely destroy our our country. Yeah, it's most. it's a sad it's a sad uh, political thing to see both of my countries looking to tear themselves apart slowly. But, right. Um, so let's escape into so let's escape fantasy into fantasy world. land. Exactly. Yeah. Um, so. Um, so you've been listening to the the once in future nerd, not not fresh, but you know fresher than you were you were in it. Um, yeah. Do you want to kind of talk about just your your general reactions and what that was like? Just how proud I am of of what we did actually. Oh. Yeah. No, I I mean it. It's it's it struck me how well written it was. I I don't know. Like listening to it this time round to. I could follow the flow of the plot much more, and I binge listening helped it. Um, and uh, I love the the characters. Like you know, even while we were recording, I didn't know exactly where everything was going, and now I just mm-hmm. I love it all the more for it. Um, I uh, and I, I, I the humor behind it too. I think the jokes uh, really really work and make sense in the world that we've created. Uh, gives a bit of levity to uh, to everything. Um, for for everybody out there, um, we uh, Christian and I play the necromancer and Maguire, who have become my favourite duo. I think <laughs> in I, all of podcastry. I uh, I really enjoy playing that fucking asshat. Uh, he's a very fun. He's a very fun villain. It's um, <laughs> poor Maguire. Yeah, poor guy. It uh, just tries. To talk sense to him yeah. from the sidelines. Yeah, yeah. Maguire. Because Maguire, I hate you. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I, I mean, I still, I still really love playing that character. I've, I've been thinking a bit. Um, are we helping? Right? Because I mean, that you know, it's that that's that kind of world view that we're we're shitting on with with Renault. Um, mm. But I, I mean, I, I do. I thought then, and I think now that there is value in like this way of looking at the world should be mocked into oblivion, but I don't know what the solution is to, like, not then bringing more negative attention to the to the, the victims of that. Well, you know what I mean? Yes. Um, 
I mean, I don't know. I don't think there's an obvious answer. It's just a thing. I think that, you know, I'm, I'm glad to live in a world where art is actually paying particular attention to it, including comedy. Yeah. Um, including podcasts. Yeah. Um, yes, it's always going to be a delicate tightrope balance, but what is the uh, the other option is then not to address it. Yeah, yeah. And it's like, I mean, I think also part of it is to just like, is also to be a good listener to the members of your audience that a thing affects. Like, and if somebody's like, hey, no, you think this helps, but it doesn't, to mm. listen to, but I haven't, I haven't heard, I mean, I've, I have only heard good things um, about the, the Renault. Yeah, I, I mean, there was I I did read only one review um, that mentioned the political commentary in the show. Yeah, as a as a negative, still gave the show like a great right, positive review. Right, right. But my argument against that is, I was thinking like you know I'm I'm in the middle of watching Game of Thrones. Yeah, uh, t- tonight is the finale right. actually, and like even so that's your timestamp on yeah that's your timestamp, um, and even then like. People want to bring in the um, the cultural implications of what that show is. You're not going right. to avoid it, right? So why not embrace it head on? Yeah, I mean, I kind of think. Yeah, I mean, I read I read um, that same review. I think that you're probably talking about. And I always try to like, I try to balance in my head. It's like on the one hand. Like, could they be saying, they could be saying, well, I just don't think you did it well. Like, because there's a way to include political commentary that isn't done. It just, it doesn't feel character motivated and and believable. It seems like you've just, like, in this kind of Ayn Rand way, just, like, (laughs) paused the story to shoehorn your views into a character's mouth. And, like, I'm not, I don't think... No, yeah, and and I think this is not a political show by any means, it is. A, I think oh, never mind. Never mind. Well, I think of it as a as a character driven show in a fantasy land that has features of that. Uh, yeah, I think I, I, that's what we strive for. Like, uh, like there's a lot of politics that we that I think about when I write the show, but I always strive for it to, like, it's got to feel character driven. It's got to feel like these are real people responding to real. Yeah, situations. and that's. I mean, especially in listening to it again, like that's. That's what I feel I'm responding to, and it, nothing seems truly out of place. And I, 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 I should say I started um, listening to it again because we're getting ready to um, sink our teeth into book two. Yeah. And uh, who, what, what, uh, what narrator doesn't need to do his homework? Right. But um, yeah, just to to remind myself, it was a, it was a complex. Season of, that took us through a lot of emotional twists and turns and ups and downs. Parts. Lots of moving parts yeah. that uh, found themselves at the end. So. Yeah, I hope so. I mean, Lots yeah. of loose ends still to tie up. Yeah, no, I mean, I guess I'm just saying that, like, I'm, I don't, I don't believe that I'm above. I don't believe that I'm above handling something clumsily, so I don't want to ignore that criticism. But at the same time, I also feel like sometimes just the fact that someone is being asked to think about something in a slightly uncomfortable way can mm. make it seem jarring even if it is written well you know what I mean like so if something can seem like oh you're jamming your politics down my throat even though 
the default by not commenting on it is jamming an exist is a jamming a different mm. politics. So I don't know if it's the. Well, I mean, I will say this for you too, like, and and for listeners out there, Christian is um, exemplary at coming into the room and bouncing ideas off of the actors, off the other producers, and saying, "What do you guys think think of this? Would so and so say this? What's a better way to phrase this?" And normally my comments are just about his grammar and syntax. <laughs> and I um, tell you, you're being... What, 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 would, what would a British... Is, is, is Pratt, would that be used uh, uh, correctly? What is I, that? I think the new term would be a Brexiter, like someone that everyone <laughs> okay. just wants to ignore okay. and which wouldn't speak up. Okay. Um, I, <laughs> yes. Ian teaches English and has... Uh, as does Jess, uh, my, my wife and our, our co-producer. Uh, but... So Ian has uh, specific ideas about how things ought to be written, and I, I'm very strongly in the camp that if I was understood by an English speaker, then I have spoken and written proper English. Um, right, okay. <laughs> um, but moving on. Um, but, you know, including, including what you're talking about, you are bouncing it off of a lot of people who say yay or nay to you. I, I, I don't think this is your, like, covering... An agenda. You come in saying, "Does this make sense in the story?" And more often than not, the answer that we give you is yes. And if it doesn't, I hope that we. I think I think we usually come up with something better. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, I think we've gotten. Um, I think we've gotten some really good stuff out of talking about, "Hey, does, you know, does this does this work? Is this does this seem right?" Um, was there so? Um, to kind of go back to something you were saying before about, um, you know, knowing where things were headed the mm. second time you listen I, I think that's interesting because I there was that there was that study a while back that found like people sometimes enjoy a story more the the second time because mm. you can kind of if you're less worried about what's going to happen you can kind of um, appreciate all the different parts of it mm-hmm. a little more and not to like toot my own horn at like you know Everything else that I that that Zach and I did besides the plot, but I, I do think that you know I at least aspire to write in a way where, like the the revelation of plot information isn't the only thing we have you know to offer. That kind of the you can when you listen to it a second time, hopefully you can pick out you know themes and and little little character moments that you may not have noticed. Um, so I'm glad to hear you say that like stuff came together. Better. I thought so. Yeah, that's my opinion. <laughs> um, Feel free to leave any disagreement yeah. in the comment box right. below. Right. Hey everyone, this is Zach. Sorry to interrupt this great interview. I just wanted to update you all on a couple things going on in the Once in Future Nerd World. So first off, as many of you might have seen last week on our website, we now have a brand new shiny map of the world of Jordan. A great fantasy cartographer named Dn Frost created a map for us. Um, you can go on to our website, onceinfuturenerd.com, and if you click on the About tab and then drop down to Map, you'll see the map, and it's really great. It's got full detail. All the locations that you've come familiar with and throughout Book 1 are all on the map. It's kind of interesting to check out. Also, D.N. Frost, the cartographer who drew the map for us, is also an author in her own right. So if you go to her website, which is dnfrost.com, you can get the first few chapters of her book for free. Just a free ebook, free download. And if you like it, she was kind enough to offer our fans a 
discount code, you could get 20% off of her book. Um, the link to that is posted in our post about the map, and it'll be posted at the bottom of this episode as well. But if you're interested, go ahead and check that out. Again, dnfrost.com to get the free trial, and go to our post to get 20% off of the full book. Next, as Christian mentioned at the top of the show, we have now released the entirety of book one as an audiobook on tape cassette. Lastly, you may notice some music underneath my words right now. It's a little bit of a sneak peek for something that's going to be coming out two weeks from now, and we've been teasing it for a little while, and we're really happy to say that it's finally nearly done, and in two weeks you'll have a really interesting new thing on the feed, so come back onto our feed, check it out, you won't be disappointed. Sorry, one last thing before we get back to the interview. Uh, from now through August 7th, if you enter coupon code YORDEN, that's I-O-R-D-E-N, uh, on audiobooks on tape, uh, you can save one pound on the tape that we're selling. Uh, that's right, one pound. Uh, they are a British company. As of the moment I'm recording this, one pound is a dollar and thirty-three cents. I have no idea how much it will be uh, tomorrow, but they're a cool, independently-run company, and we feel really good about asking you to give them your business. And we also feel good about um, saving you a buck. So if you're interested, head over. Coupon code Jordan I O R D E N. And if you're a Patreon subscriber, we've got another coupon code for you that'll save you 33% uh, instead of just the the pound. Uh, they can't be combined, but it will save you 33%. Uh, so check your Patreon feed uh, for that coupon code. All right, thanks, and uh, enjoy the rest of the show. Was there anything, and you, you should be honest here, was there anything that, like, that didn't work for you the second time that you're listening to it and it's like oh I would have done differently like either didn't could, what that I would have done differently well either or? that you wish that we did differently I mean it could, it can be a, a performance thing for yourself but it can also be a, oh you know this this scene should have done this or this line wasn't working or um hmm um I you know you know one thing yeah um maybe I I I, you know what, I maybe, we, we had talked about this, I'm almost loath to say this, but some sort of dialect agreement, mm. some sort of, and, and, you know, subsequent, you know, to, to book one, we've been coming out with maps of the world, yeah. and it's like, it's hugely helpful, um, I, and I sort of wondered, like, who what, what, what could have been done had we maybe known where this was going and, and... Right. In term, just in general or in terms of dialect agreement? Or? In general, yeah. yeah. And, and could have given ourselves permission to to plan that out, discuss that more. Right. Um, but, um... That's so why I think it'll be good, you know... And that's, and that's just world building for me, yeah. I'd say. Because... Um, Zach has a much better mind for world building than I, I kind of like I kind of want to just hit, like I want Zach to kind of give me my little action figure like build the sandbox fill it with sand and give me my little action figures and then mm-hmm. I enjoy you know saying you know now kiss and like I, I you know that I like the little micro level character stuff and, and Zach is good at the big picture world stuff but yeah for book one we kind of did kind of did all of that big picture stuff largely in the background um and so i think i'm really looking forward to 
you know, we've been talking about book two. We're going to do it kind of. We're going to have a, like a, a writer's room uh, way yeah. of writing it. Yeah. And I think I think we're going to get some really good stuff when you guys have the outline in front of you. Yeah, and you can say, well, we want to get to here. You know what? How? You know what can we do in the meantime to to get us there? Yeah, and I look forward to that sort of added experience um, um, with the show. Um, but I mean, look, that's one little thing. There's so much more that works for me. I think the characters, each and every one of them is sort of lovingly developed, makes a ton of sense. Um, I love that the humor works. I really, really I, I, do. I, I yeah. know that it works. I haven't, I honestly, I haven't had the courage to go back and listen all the way through. I, I, yeah, no, I, this was a good time for me because I... And normally I am awful about reading any sort of reviews or listening uh-huh. to criticism. I, I know to go back actually years later right, right, and right. look at something. Um, but um, but here I thought, you know, you've got to, like I said earlier, do my homework. Right. Um, and I was actually delighted. I was chuckling constantly at things. And That's like good. Going back and listening to good. to moments, both both funny and poignant ones. So yeah, I mean your performance. I thought you gave an especially great performance. Um, Go on that <laughs> that scene um, with uh, Arlene and Rickard. I thought that like that was a really he's a really hard character to. Um, yeah, because it, it's towing this line. Uh, so like, yeah, for for those of you out there in Radioland, um, Christian organized things so that he gave uh, Anya Gibeon and I the luxury. Uh, Anya Gibeon and me, ooh, luxury. <laughs> gotcha. Yeah, ah, uh, gotcha. Question. Um, the luxury of doing it in a studio that had a that had a an open floor to it and really a couple of mics that we uh, played off and we actually rehearsed the scene yeah we actually blocked it which we, we blocked don't it we do. imagined like what would happen there because um, we understood I think how um, what's the word I'm looking for delicate delicate yes delicate that that could be uh, and so we had a very very good sense of like we talked, uh, Anya and I talked about like what was in the room physically, uh, right. where the door was, how uh, how cramped or close together they ever get, uh, at what points that happens, um, and uh, and only then at the very end introduce the mics, and that's what you hear. Yeah, I, and we only did like I think we only recorded maybe two or three I takes. think it was two yeah yeah and um, I still that's one yeah, like I haven't listened to the whole thing but I, I do every once in a while like I'll listen to that scene and that, that scene it came out really well and, and I think what um, what your performance achieved that I think was so difficult is um, you know Ricard uh, Redmore is um, I think he is in a way a sympathetic character, not as sympathetic as Arlene, but he was himself, I mean, he was himself abused by Ardell. Um, but it's yes. not, yeah, he, but he still remains in a considerable position of power relative to Arlene. To so, Arlene. Yeah. yeah. So I feel and, bad for and, him, and but not as bad. potential disgrace, yes. Right. I mean, it, it's interesting. It, it's, you know, it, it is a. It's a man who 
has done wrong and as you said hasn't been punished for it but is in his own way trying so hard to atone right and i think gets frustrated at how he feels he can't it's right. it's another kind of power taken away from him when he can't just make it better. Right, yeah, and he certainly, there's no question in my mind that, like, what happened to him was abusive, and he had a very, you know, power taken away from him in a very profound way, but that's been Arlene's whole life, you know? Yes. And and it's almost... Whereas this was a, 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 an incident. Right. A moment. Right. Which is, which is, which is not to, you know, undersell what he went through, but it's also what, you know, I, I totally side with Arlene in that, and in, in in refusing him forgiveness, it's like that's one. You know, she has that line that uh, you know what what I think is mine to decide. It's the only thing that is. You know, by by refusing to forgive him, that's like the one bit of power mm. that that she's able to claim over that that whole situation. And then he dies. And then he dies. <laughs> yeah. We killed him in a really fucked up. And I kind of like I kind of went all in on that because I was like well like you know like I said I do feel somewhat bad for the guy I didn't want I didn't want to be I I wanted his death almost to be so bad that we felt bad about wanting to punish him like I I guess I kind of that doesn't like he deserves he deserved consequences for sure but I think the way I was thinking about it was like just trying to it's funny, we, we get introduced to his crime at the same time that he's trying desperately to make up for it. Right. You know? Yeah. So already he's somewhere in a gray area. Yeah. And I think by having his, like, he certainly gets his, he gets his comeuppance and then some, but it's at the hands of Ardell, which is not, mm. I kind of wanted to just kind of tease at the idea of like you know retribution not necessarily being justice you know yeah because I don't think it was fully satisfying what happened to him you know it doesn't it doesn't feel it doesn't it feels like retribution but it doesn't feel like justice you know I wonder do I wonder does Jordan ever really experience justice with with anybody like um, yeah Adele on the throne, yeah. I, I kind of feel like, I mean, this isn't, I hope this isn't too much of a spoiler, but kind of the way that I've imagined the whole feel of this world is that it is not, it's not Tolkien, it's not, you know, you can't just count on, um, you know, good to triumph, but it's not, it's not Martin either. It's, mm. you know, I, I do think that, like, love and justice are meaningful forces in this world. They're just not the only it's not the the obvious winners, you know. Mm. Um, but anyway, um, yeah. Uh, going back to could we have done anything different? I I feel like I may have not wasted you in in the beginning, but just I feel like we got really drunk together. Like no, <laughs> no, no. Like um, you do you you do such a, a your reading of like the the introduction is so great, but I still don't know... I don't know if I would have paced it differently if I was doing it from from scratch. Like, 
we kind of I feel like we take a good three or four minutes to get to the to the hook in that first like that first first scene you, you know what I yeah mean? I mean I think that you know I I also in the middle of recording book one I was going back and listening to what yeah. we had I sort of recognized that there had to be a faster pace right if there's you know what if there's one thing I, I regret actually for me it's I I you know, it takes about three chapter. It takes about three recordings or so for me to find the pace of it. Uh huh. Um, and uh, yeah, I mean, you know, it, it would be my dream if anybody wants to donate. You know, <laughs> your your uh, your funds could go to a a remastering. Who knows? <laughs> like a, a redux. Yeah. Oh man, I mean, yeah, it's like. On the one hand, there are things that I could do again. On the other hand, like, I don't... That's such a... It feels, it's it feels like yeah. such a massive undertaking. I also don't want to, like, Lucas ourselves into oblivion, <laughs> you know? Good reference. Good <laughs> reference. It's like, at a certain point, the thing is the thing, you know? I guess Tolkien did it too, yeah. right? Like, didn't he change Regan that? shot first. We could <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, exactly. Um, I've, I've always thought about how, like having somebody say that, like, somebody giving an account of what they witnessed in in that tavern or wherever they were, um, that, no, no, I definitely saw it. Regan <laughs> definitely stabbed first. Um, a couple people have noticed the thing that I was explicitly doing, that, like, mm-hmm. I introduced her like Han Solo. Like, she's, mm-hmm. uh, in my mind, she's always kind of been the Han Solo of this, uh, this group. Well done to you, whoever <laughs> noticed that one. Um... But um, yeah, why why are we talking about the things we wish we could do better? There's so many things that went right. With it's the true, show. yeah. But because um, because we're artists and have like crippling insecurities and, mm. and need to. We're letting our own ambitions and and uh, need insecure- to just, and needs get away with just us. Just yeah. need to poke at our insecurities, like when you have a canker sore and you keep sticking your your tongue. For me, anyway. I know that well. Yeah, yeah that was most of my early this week. Yeah. <laughs> There were two, yeah, um, yeah. It's but, a little bit more information than anyone needed, but yeah, you can fast I think, forward. It, I feel like specificity really unlocks yeah. a world. That's kind of my writing uh, philosophy. Um, okay, so while, while I've got you, um, we did... Um, I had a, a headcanon contest that I announced on a... Headcanon? You don't know of this uh, this phrase? It's kind of a, like a... It's like a... It's a phrase that came out of the kind of the Tumblr fandom type of world. Okay. And the idea is that you have a thing. So there's there's fan theories, uh-huh. which are, I think, I actually think this is what's going on in the world, and they just, in the fictional world, and they just haven't told us yet. Uh-huh. And then there's headcanon, which is like, eh, this is kind of a joke. I kind of don't actually think that this is what's happening, but I like to imagine it for fun. Okay. So, like, for example, uh, like, headcanon would be, um, you know, in the in the movie version of Cormac McCarthy's The Road, uh, Charlize Theron plays the wife who is there briefly and then leaves. And so headcanon would be someone saying, I like to imagine that she wandered off into the wasteland and became Furiosa. Got it. Right. right. It's just, like, a fun thing. Like, right. I like okay. to... 
um, like, you know, the Dion and the Belmont song, uh, The Wanderer and Run Around Sue, you know, those Yes, I, I do, actually. I like to imagine that it's the same narrator and he had his heart broken oh, by I Run see. Around okay. Sue. Okay. So now he can't emotionally connect to any woman in The Wanderer. That Got it. Okay. So what is our head count? So I had a, <laughs> I, I, told, I put out a Facebook thing. I was like, all right, so just tell us your best. Fan theories, head canon, like whatever you know. Oh, this is good. Okay. And, and the, we said the most likes we were going to respond to. Um, the one with the most likes is maybe a joke. I don't know. It's not a joke, but it's like a fun. So we're gonna do a, a funny one and a serious one because they were they were close. Um, but the one with the actual most likes uh, was uh, was um, Nathan uh, Nathan, who's a friend of uh, Zach and I, who uh, has been a long time. Friend of Zach and me, yes, yes. Uh, <laughs> damn it, uh, longtime supporter uh, of the show and always very vocal about it. But um, in his head, he said, um, uh, "Yulwin's father, uh, Botley, yeah. who you Botley, play, yeah. uh, he says, is a cross between uh, hedonism bot from Futurama and Colonel Sanders." <laughs> Which I think is about right. Yeah. It, that seems about... Ha! <laughs> ha! Yeah, that seems about right, right? Like, that's... I mean, definitely... But that, not like the Colonel Sanders on TV, like that. Right. Like, no branding. No. Like, okay. Yeah. Well, now I'm almost loath to say where I got the voice from. Well, no, but you absolutely should. Okay, so, um, uh, James Earl Jones was, um, uh, was on Broadway, um, doing, um, doing a Tennessee William play Did back I, in my youth, and, I, and, um, and I got to see it, and it, it left a big impression with me, and I got, and I... Remembered the voice from it, yeah. That did we talk about? Like, because I in my head, like when they're in the White Forest, it's totally a Tennessee Williams play. Did we talk about that, or did we just both? I think we did. Like that's like that was what fed into like, what he should be, like yeah. Big Daddy from yeah. Cat and Cat and Hopkin. That is the play. Yeah. Okay. There you yeah. go. All right. All right. So we he were played th- Big Daddy. We were thinking uh, on on. Me and Ian were thinking on uh, roughly the same. Ian and a son of a bitch. <laughs> we're thinking on roughly the same. Yeah, I screwed up too. Wavelength, uh, but yeah, no, like hedonism bot. That's really. But yours, whoever that Nathan, you've got a much better idea. Well done. Because <laughs> there is, there's certain like the elves certainly have this weird like, like this. There is a hedonistic aspect. I I yeah. can't wait to explore their culture. Yeah, like that's. Yeah. 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 You know who I am hoping we can spend some more time with um, is Yulouine's hippie sister. Yes. Um, it was maybe, I don't know, in, in the time since Yulouine has left, maybe she's like run off and join a commune with like her, her cannab root chewing boyfriend. Oh, that'd be interesting. <laughs> yes. Um, and it's very celibate still. Yeah, yeah right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I never knew it. <laughs> right. Yeah. Um, so what's the other one? Okay, so the other one, uh, this is a good one, and I feel like I can't comment all the way on it without giving away something significant, so um, we reserve the right to be a little bit coy here, um, but uh, Joshua, who's also been a, a long-time 
uh, supporter of, of the show. Thank um, you, Joshua. Yeah, thanks very much. Uh, always has something nice to say whenever we, we post something. But uh, he wrote, uh, I believe that General Traft is still working with Taid Relotit and that the elves are keeping the world in a state of stagnation. They are currently culling the orc and human herds to maintain control. The agents of chaos may be, not necessarily in the best way, trying to save the world from elf control. Which is a big mm. idea. Um, mm. Like I said, so... Here's what I'll say. You're not entirely right. You've picked up on some stuff that you were clever to pick up on. I think... I'll say this. Um, Traft and Relotit are absolutely not intentionally working in concert with each other, but um, both of them have actual goals that are uh, different from their stated goals, maybe. I think I think I can say that. Tune into book two. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. There you go. Um, yeah. Well, uh, so yeah, thanks for everybody uh, who wrote into our uh, fan fiction, headcanon, fan theory contest. Yeah, uh, keep them coming. Yeah, yeah. No, we, we love we love hearing what, what uh, people are thinking. It's so much fun. You have know, um, no idea how, how uh, Christian sends us all blast or brings them up uh, so, you know, whenever you, you send us something, just know that we gleefully talk about it. Yeah, and, we, uh, we really do. And, uh, you know, gives us something to while away the long days. Yeah. Um, and do you have any last thoughts before we before we wrap this up? Uh, thank you to everybody who uh, has supported, who has listened, who has talked about us and is making uh, a book too possible and desirable. Couldn't have said it better myself. Uh, thank you, everybody. And uh, by the time you're hearing this, um, we hope um, the entirety of book one uh, will be available for purchase as a um, uh, USB drive that looks like a cassette uh, on audiobooksontape.com. Retro. Yeah, so we're, we're excited about that. And, uh, yeah, uh, we'll keep you posted as, as uh, more things develop. Thanks, everybody. Bye-bye. Thank you.